All right, it is week two of the NFL season. 49ers just got done playing their Southern California rival, the Los Angeles Rams. And we're going to discuss the game and everything that happened in the NFL this Sunday. We'll catch just more on the other side of the break. So let's get this started. You're listening to The Daily Podcast with Eric B. The Daily Podcast with Eric B. Welcome, everyone. It's The Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Eric B. Week two of the NFL season. After you coach football five days a week, then you watch Colorado versus Colorado State on Saturday. Then you watch nothing but NFL on Sunday. It's sad for me to say that sometimes I get a little footballed out. Sometimes. But not during NFL Sunday. There's no way I get footballed out during NFL Sunday. Especially when the San Francisco 49ers is facing their NFC West rival, the Los Angeles Rams in SoFi Stadium, which is now called Levi's South. I said last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, it was kind of embarrassing to see a bunch of 49er fans all the way in Pennsylvania if you're a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. But man, if you would have saw SoFi Stadium today, the sea of red over that blue was a little crazy. We're going to play some music in the background. This one's called Lo-Fi Hip-Hop Beats chill hip-hop music i think i played this a few times as well you can get this on apple music all right week two of the nfl is come and gone with one game left like i did last week left one game playing in the wing this week it's miami versus new england sunday night game week two this is exactly how it started we got two games coming up on Monday night. We got New Orleans and Carolina. Then we got Cleveland versus Pittsburgh. Started off on Thursday night football, where the Minnesota Vikings faced the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles ends up winning that game 34-28. Then on to the games that happened today, early today, all the way to the evening games. Atlanta versus Green Bay was a good game, close game. Atlanta narrows it out beating green bay 25 24. then we go to buffalo new york where the las vegas raiders and the buffalo bills faces off and buffalo beats the las vegas raiders 38 to 10. jimmy g uh, he was so so in that game but only can muster up 10 points the baltimore ravens going against cincinnati Bengals. joe burrow's back in this game but loses 27-24. Baltimore beats Cincinnati. Seattle came from behind in overtime to beat the Detroit Lions 37-21. The Los Angeles Chargers, again, overtime game against the Tennessee Titans. Los Angeles Chargers loses that game 24-27. Tampa Bay Buccaneers walks all over Chicago Bears 27-17. Tampa Bay Kansas City didn't make it look easy, but they got over Jacksonville Jaguars 17-19. The Colts, surprisingly, 31-20, but their rookie quarterback goes out with concussion protocol, so we'll see what happens there. And the surprising game of the week, 
New York Giants comes from behind to beat the Arizona Cardinals 31-28. Joe from the Ordinary Joe's podcast is most likely happy. The Washington Commanders, again, another surprising game of the week, beats the Denver Broncos 35-28. The Dallas Cowboys walks all over New York Jets 30-10. And your San Francisco 49ers, ugly win, even though it was a high-scoring game, 30-23 against the Los Angeles Rams. And the standings after week two, this is September 17th, Sunday. Again, with one game still going. In the AFC East, you have Miami 1-0. The Jets 1-0. Buffalo 1-1. New England 0-1. So Miami and New England is still playing in this game. So we'll see how that happens. AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens are 2-0. Cleveland 1-0. Pittsburgh 0-1. Cincinnati 0-2. Cleveland and Pittsburgh still plays that Monday night game. AFC South, Jacksonville's 1-1, Indianapolis is 1-1, Tennessee's 1-1, Houston 0-2. The Las Vegas Raiders in the AFC West is 1-1, Kansas City's 1-1, Chargers is 0-2, and the Broncos is 0-2. We'll go to the NFC, the NFC East, the Cowboys is 2-0, Philadelphia Eagles is 2-0, Washington is 2-0. And the New York Giants is 1-1. They're at least they're on the win column there. Then NFC North, Green Bay Packers 1-1. Detroit's 1-1. Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears are both 0-2. The NFC South, the Atlanta Falcons are 2-0. Tampa Bay is 2-0. New Orleans is 1-0. And Carolina is 0-1. New Orleans and New Orleans and Carolina is playing that Monday night game, that doubleheader. And in the NFC West, the San Francisco 49ers are 2-0. The Los Angeles Rams are 1-1. Seattle's 1-1. And Arizona, 0-2. It was a good good week this week of football. Again, from the Colorado State to the Colorado game to this 49er game to all the games that went overtime. It was a good week of football. It was one of those weeks where I wish... 49ers is a little bit better. Again, the score was 30 to 23. Let's go ahead and break this down as we did last week. I made a couple mistakes last week. Last week, I think I said the 49ers are 0-1. I meant to say they're 1-0. But we'll go ahead and break down um, every play that the 49ers did. Brock Purdy, 17 for 25, 206 yards. No touchdowns, which is kind of confusing because he threw a short pass to Debo Samuel that ended up being a touchdown but i guess they didn't call that a touchdown so he won 17 for 25 206 yards no touchdowns no interceptions with a quarterback rating in 93.1 matthew stafford on the ramp side 34 for 55 attempts 307 yards one touchdown two interceptions with a quarterback rating 67.8 Now for the rushing, we're just going to go 49ers on this one. 49ers, Christian McCaffrey, 20 rushes, 116 yards, 5.8 average, 51 was his longest, ran one for a touchdown. Debo Samuel, 5 for 38, 7.6 average, 17 was his longest, one touchdown. Brock Purdy, 3 for 5, 1.7 average, 4 was his longest, and he did rush in for a one-yard touchdown. Debo Samuel, Six receptions for 63 yards, averaging 10.5. Long 
longest run was a reception was 23 yards. No touchdowns targeted nine times. Jawan third down Jennings two for 51 average 25.5 yards. Longest was 31 yards. No touchdowns targeted three times. Brandon Ayuk played with a sore neck, but he still found a way to play the game right. Um, three, three receptions, 43 yards, average 14.3 per, per catch. 18 was his longest, no touchdowns, six times he was targeted. George Kittle, three for 30, average 10 yards. Longest was 12, no touchdowns, targeted three times. Christian McCaffrey, three for 19. 6.3 was his average. Longest was nine. No touchdowns and targeted three times. And the defense played stellar. Jake Moody made three for three. Then he made one 57-yard uh, long um, field goal, which my heart was racing because it's one of those things where, oh, my God, Jake Moody, Jake Moody, make this. Jake Moody, make this. He did. He did 57-yarder, and he went pretty much three for three for every PAT, which was good. Defense, again, defense was solid today. Fred Warner gets a sack. Um, George Odom has a, he had almost a half sack, but, you know, he didn't. And Bosa was pretty much, again, invisible today, but he, he kept, the team and he kept pushing the team and he kept making sure that 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 line was staying honest and every time towards the end of the game when they were passing the ball a lot then you saw a lot of bosa coming in there which was which was you know exactly what you needed bosa to do um it was a good it was a good effort for the 49ers i wish you know again i wish the 49ers played a little bit better uh, a lot of people are upset with me because I always say, you know what? It was a terrible play calling. There was a lot of terrible play calling Shanahan did. There was a lot that he did. The Daily Podcast with Eric B. And a lot of you guys are saying, well, what do you mean? You know, like on social media, even when like we're doing a group chat and group text. I said the game was terrible. Should have been better. He ran Christian McCaffrey to the ground again, even though when he had that lead towards the end, um, you know, we had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, and they were trying to kill a clock. There's no way you should be putting Christian McCaffrey in there. That's just me. I, I know Shanahan wants to win, and I know he said something last week about he wants the team to win, and he wants to make sure the team will, you know, will do the best they can to win. But to run your guys down, I mean, Debo ran was ran to the ground you know Ayuk was already suffering a neck injury and then christian mccaffrey that's your workhorse and you ran him to the ground even when you had a big 10 point lead with like under two minutes left you still kept running him if you're gonna kill the clock that way that's when you put in the rookies you know jordan mason was there i saw him on the on the special teams um was elijah mitchell hurt i don't know i didn't see him but he's not even on this chart. He's not even on the rushing chart today. So was he there? He should have been there. I didn't see him. This is what I mean about Kyle Shanahan. I know he wants to win. I know he wants to be that guy where I'm going to win. I'm going to make sure 
my wit my team wins the way my team's supposed to win but at the same time you got to make sure your team is doing fine that's it so as of the 15th we only have two that was out and that was samuel womack the quarterback and darrell lutter that was out last week he's on the pup list other than that elijah mitchell should have been playing should have been playing He's second on this roster. It's Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Georgia Mason, and Tyron Davis Price. And all we saw was Christian McCaffrey. I mean, again, I don't mind seeing that. I don't mind seeing that workhorse in there. But when you have a lead, the way we had a 10-point lead. Yeah, the score was 30 to 23. And the Rams kicked that last field goal. With only four seconds left, they should have just went for the touchdown. But, you know, they're being greedy on the points. They should have done. They should have done what they were supposed to do, but they didn't. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Eric B doesn't know. Eric B is not a coach for the NFL team. Of course. If he was, he wouldn't be doing this podcast because it would be illegal. It would be illegal. Shout out to Puka Nakua, who the Rams wide receiver, he went 15 for 147 yards, averaged 9.8, 20 was his longest, targeted 20 times, and then no touchdowns. That's the only thing. But for a rookie to come in there and average 9.8, targeted 20 times, 147, he beat the rookie all-time reception within two weeks i don't know what how these nfl stats and where they get these stats from but he went like 22 when the record was like 19 for the first two weeks um but puka nakua you know good job for him um he was getting he was battling the rib injury and that's one thing about the niners that was killing me about this game is the first quarter all matthew stafford was doing was throwing slants you know, it's easy for me to say, why do you guys not defend that? Remember, when I coach football, I'm a defensive coordinator. So I'm always saying, watch the slant. If it does, if it happens to me once on my team, I'm going to make sure they keep an eye on that. But man, Matthew Stafford killed him with the same play over and over and over again. It was a slant route. It was a run. It was a, you know, uh, a route going up the middle. And the defense just couldn't stop it. I mean, it was this, you know, a lot of that theory NFL is scripted. It's one of those things. The NFL always makes sure that there's something going on in the background. Was it scripted? I don't know. They try to say you guys are going to play solid football for the first hour or the first half, and then the Niners are going to run away with it in the second, and this is what we're going to do. I mean, you know, Matthew Stafford didn't get sacked and didn't get touched till the second half. They even said, like, oh, the streak is over of him not throwing an interception. You know, it's like, come on, every quarterback throws an interception. Whether it's a costly one or just a dumb throw. I mean, today, the ball, the first interception, the ball was tipped. And intercepted the second one he looked right at 
forget who it was, Javarius Ward, or is it Lenore? He looked right at him and threw the ball, and it was an interception. Isaiah Oliver just happened to be at the right place at the right time. The ball was tipped up in the air. He was there. Interception. It took two quarters. It took a half for the 49ers to get to Sam. Keeps calling him Sam. Matthew Stafford. And it keeps... And I keep saying Sam Bradford in my head because that's who the quarterback was. That was backing up Jared Goff before Jared Goff got traded to Detroit for Matthew Stafford. So that's why that head, that Sam Braff, Bradford keeps keeps coming out. I don't know why. Apologize. But yeah, so the new defensive coordinator, I mean, you know, he has to do a lot better. He has to let his guys know, hey, we got to do better. We got to, you know, tight. like I said, me, for someone like me, I would have tightened that up in the first quarter. I would have been like, hey, watch these slants. This is exactly what he's doing. This is how he does it. He kept doing it. Matthew Stafford kept doing it throughout the game. And that was that was killing us. It was like it was like a 10 yard hook. Five yard hitch. And they were killing us with that. And the 49ers couldn't stop it. I mean, next thing you know, you know, they 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 start on their own 25. Next thing you know, they're on our 25. Or on our 25. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. They just couldn't stop it. And it was it was annoying. As a football fan, it's annoying. It's one of those things where you need to figure out how to stop this. And they couldn't stop it. They kept doing it over and over and over and over again. Till finally, it was like the third quarter, fourth quarter, when the 49ers defense started figuring that out and they started sitting on some of these short routes. I mean, that's what you have to do. And I know a lot of you guys are going to say, Eric, can you do better? Me personally, I can't. But I can let these guys know you need to do better. You need to stop these short routes. You need to make sure that when they're coming out and they're breaking, that you're there breaking with them, not sitting five yards out. So when they run that slant, that hook right in front of you, you guys are five, ten yards out. I mean, watch film. You'll see the film. You'll see what I'm talking about. A lot of you guys gonna say, oh, they played solid defense. They, they did, but they gave up a lot as well. They gave up a lot of yardage. Let me see what the, let me see how much, what's the yards. Showing all this money, money line, money line. The betting odds are here. I'm trying to see the average total yards that the Rams had. See, I can't even see that because they're they're so busy showing me the win probability. 49ers, they're odd favorites to win. Let's see this. The 49ers had 21 first downs. The Rams had 28. Passes for first. 49ers had 11. The Rams had 17. Rush for first. 
49ers had eight, Rams had nine. Penalties for first, 49ers had two, the Rams had two. Third down efficiency, two of nine for the 49ers, seven 14 for the Rams. Fourth down efficiency, Niners didn't have to do it, the Rams won one for two. Total yards for the 49ers, 365 yards, where the total yards for the Rams was 386 yards. So it's almost a carbon copy of, of what's, what's there. Total plays, the 49ers had 54, the Rams had 78. Average game per play, gain per play, 49ers had 6.8. The Rams at 4.9. The Daily Podcast with Eric B. Net yards rushing. 49ers had 159. The Rams at 89. Rushes. 49ers had 28. The Rams 22. Yards per rush. 49ers had 5.7. Rams at 4.0. Net yards per passing. Now we're talking about. Passing, I believe. 49ers had 206. The Rams had 297. Told you. They were passing a lot. Complete. The completes and attempts. 49ers won 17 for 25. The Rams won 34 for 55. So they they attempted 55 passes and only completed 34. Rams, a little, the Niners a little more efficient. 17 for 25, which is, you know, I guess not that bad. Yards per pass, 49ers had 7.9, where the Rams had 5.8. Times sacked, they both had one each. Yards lost, two sacks, zero for the 49ers and 10 for the Rams. Interceptions thrown, the Niners had zero, Rams had two. Punts, 49ers punted two times, or the Rams punted three times. Punt average, 49ers was 49.3, the Rams 54 penalties the 49ers had six the rams had six penalties per yards this is almost carbon copy 49ers had 57 the rams had 55 two fumbles by the 49ers zero by the rams fumbles lost zero by the 40 they both had zero time of possession the 49ers held the ball for 26 minutes 49 seconds while the rams held it for 33 minutes and 11 seconds Again, I'm listening to Lo-Fi Hip Hop Beats, chill hip hop music. You can find this on Apple Music. Pretty cool music that you can listen to. Forty ers play the game that Kyle Shanahan loves to coach. Conservative, easy. Let me make sure that the right players get the right you know ball did they do it right i mean they did it good enough but they need to do it a little bit they need to do a little bit better you know it's one of those things where you ran the guys to the ground that's that's the only i'm gonna keep saying that you ran them to the ground. See, the Rams gets a little longer rest. They play Monday night next week against the Cincinnati Bengals. So they get a little longer rest. So if they ran their players to the ground, that's fine. 49ers has to play on 
Thursday night. This Thursday, they're playing against the New York Giants in Levi, Levi Stadium. So when you're running your guys to the ground on four or five day rest today is Sunday, again, September 17th, depending when you listen to this. So today's Sunday. They normally rest on Monday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday game. So most likely they're not going to rest tomorrow. Probably a short. It'll probably be a short practice. Probably. But then you ran, you know, again, I didn't see any of the, the backup running backs. It's going to be a Thursday night game against the Giants. Yeah, the Giants, you know, probably can beat, can we can beat them. But nothing's too, for sure the NFL. Nothing. I mean, hell, the Giants beat the Arizona Cardinals today when the Arizona Cardinals had a, a big lead. They had a big lead. I was watching the game. The Giants were like, you know, pretty much looked like they folded in the first half. That's what it looked like to me. It was like 28-10 going into the third quarter. The next thing you know, it was like 21 or something. And next thing you know, they they they're winning the game. So it's one of those things where time management, running back, player management needs to be a little bit better. I know Kyle Shanahan wants to win. I know that's all he says is I want to keep all my players in just to make sure we win. But with, with up by 10 and there was only like two minutes left. Keep your guy, keep, keep, keep your workhorse out. Let him rest. Yeah, four days till Thursday. You practice Monday. You practice Tuesday. Wednesday's probably a walkthrough, and we're just gonna go through plays. Cause you don't want to tire the guys out. And then you play Thursday night. I don't know. Again, I'm not an NFL coach. And if I was. That's how I would have been thinking. I would have made sure that my studs, my guys, my players, after I got that touchdown and I was up 10 points, I would have made sure my guys, my stud players were resting. Just me. You know, then someone's going to say, well, what about Brock Purdy, Eric? Would you rest Brock Purdy? Up by 10 with two minutes left, and all you're going to do is hand the ball off to prevent injury from my starting quarterback and my starters, period? Yes. I would have rested my starters. There's no reason to pat stats. A lot of people are like, oh, maybe they're wanting to pat stats. There's no reason to pat stats when you're up by 10. I'd rather you be safe and ready to play next week than pat stats. You know how many times I have to tell our football players, the high school kids that I coach, I'm going to sit you down for the rest of the game because you did what you were supposed to do today already. We have a nice big lead. There's no reason for you to get hurt for next week. But a lot of them says, well, coach, I want to keep playing. I know you do, but we have other guys here that wants to play also. You know, you played enough. You did what you're supposed to do. You did a great job. Let's give other people a chance to play. 
You know, some kids, again, just like the NFL, they want to pad stats. But unlike the NFL, these kids can only do so much. You know, we don't have the NFL doctors that can tell us, oh, this is what's going on. Oh, this is how this is. We don't have that. We don't have that luxury to have the NFL doctors tell us what we think. You know, we only have the doctors are there, the the people that helps during games to tell us what they think, what they advise us to do when it comes to these kids. So we do what we can. I would definitely, like I said, I would definitely rest kids. I would rest kids. I would rest players. I would rest my starters on a short week. I would. Two minutes left. Up by 10. You keep your defense out there. Just because they're the ones that's going to make sure that it stays a 10 point lead. I would, you know, he did. They did keep their defense out there. They're rotating the defensive line a lot. You know, you would see Nick Bosa there for maybe like three, four plays. Then they would rotate, you know, uh, Kellen Farrell, you know, Hargrave. They would rotate these guys. I saw Javon Kinlaw on the field today. So they would rotate fresh legs all the time on defense. That's what you're supposed to do. So they were getting rest. But on offense, they weren't. So that's something someone needs to whisper in Kyle Shanahan's ear. And I watch a lot of TikTok. I watch a lot of Instagram stories. And there was people last week who was saying the same thing. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan was getting ripped. They're like, hey, we have a big enough lead here. What are you doing still keeping Christian McCaffrey in? Why is Christian McCaffrey still running the ball? You know, I agree with that. Why was he still running the ball? The Daily Podcast with Eric B. Should have sat him down. They showed Elijah, Elijah Mitchell last week. This week, didn't see Elijah Mitchell at all. I saw Jordan Mason during, during a lot of the special teams. But no Elijah Mitchell. It's something they need to do. Here's a breakdown of the scoring drives that the 49ers and the Rams had. First quarter, 8 minutes and 31 seconds. Christian McCaffrey, 14-yard touchdown after he just ran a 51-yard long run. Makes it seven to nothing. Still in the first quarter with two minutes left. Brett Maher kicks a 43-yard field goal. Makes it seven to three. Second quarter starts. Jake Moody kicks a 27-yard field goal. Makes it 10 to three. 13 minutes. Nine minutes and 55 seconds in the first quarter. Matthew Stafford passes to Kyron Williams for six-yard TD run. Maher makes the field goal. Makes it 10 to 10. Still in the second quarter with a minute and 50 seconds left. Kyron Williams rushes down the middle. Four-yard touchdown. Maher kicks the field goal. Makes it 17-10. And with one second left in the second half. Going into the first half or ending the first half. Brock Purdy runs up the middle. One-yard touchdown. 
Jake Moody kicks a PAT, ties it up 17-17. That's one, one thing I loved about Kyle Shanahan there. He didn't settle for the three. The announcer was like, go for the field goal, for the, go for the field goal. He didn't. He didn't. He went for the touchdown. He went for the jugular, which was something he was supposed to, you know, that's something that he's supposed to be a little bit more aggressive on. That's the one good thing that I, I give to him on that one. Started the second quarter or third quarter. Nobody really scored in the third quarter. Jake Moody kicks a 57-yard field goal, makes it 20 to 17. 57-yarder. That's why they drafted him because he has a big leg. Fourth quarter, 11 minutes and 37 seconds. Debo Samuel rushes to the left. 11-yard touchdown. Moody with a PAT makes it 27-17. Seven minutes into the uh, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, Brett Maher kicks a 48-yard field goal, makes it 27-20. Three minutes into the fourth quarter, or or three minutes left in the fourth quarter, Jake Moody kicks a 26-yard field goal, makes it 30-20. And then with four seconds left, instead of going for the touchdown or going for some kind of you know pass, um, they bring in the field goal unit in. Brett Maher kicks a 38-yard field goal. Final score, 30-23. to 23. Niners win. Niners win. There's times where Kyle Shanahan shows aggressiveness. There's times. Him going for that, you know, for that touchdown to end the first half surprised me. I mean, you're risking a lot here. You're going to get, you're not going to get the ball back in the second half. Rams gets the ball back in the second half. You know, they could have easily been down. It would have been, it would have been 10, 17 if they didn't, or it would have been 13, 17 if they went for that field goal. If they didn't get the touchdown and they missed it, it would have been 10, 17 with the Rams getting the ball back in the second half. So he's risky on that one. And it paid off 17, 17. But he needs to be more aggressive like that. I mean, we who sits on the couch pretty much can predict who's going to get the ball. You only have three guys there that constantly gets the ball. McCaffrey, Ayuk, and Debo. How they get it, depending on the routes that they're running. But it's always those three. You could mix in Kittle every now and then. Yushak didn't get the touch. He didn't get he didn't get the ball at all. Not even thrown at. Juwan Jennings was the only guy other than Kittle that got that got the ball. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. He needs to be a little bit more unpredictable on who gets the ball. And we all knew who was getting the ball. We all knew who was getting the ball. We all knew who was getting targeted. Again, look, I'm, I'm looking at my receiving for the 49ers. Debo, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey were the three guys. Jawan Jennings was targeted three times. Christian McCaffrey was targeted three times. Kittle was targeted three times. Ayuk, six, and Debo, nine. If you look at the receivings or the targeting the the receivers on the Rams side, Nakua was targeted twenty times. 
Atwell was targeted nine times. Kyron Williams, the running back, was targeted 10 times. Tyler Higby, their tight end, seven times. Ben Shernick was um, one time. Van Jefferson, four times. Ronnie Rivers, one time. Different people were touching them, were being thrown the ball. Different people were being targeted. Even their rushing. It was Williams, Stafford, Shornick, Atwal, and Nakua who was able to rush or have some kind of a scheme for running the ball. 49ers, it was McCaffrey and Debo and Brock Purdy. And if you look at last week's summary, this is the same thing. It's a little bit predictable on who is going to be on the field. It's a little bit predictable on who's going to get the ball. So the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan needs to be, I mean, you know, look what happened last year. We take Brock Purdy out of the game. The Niners are predictable. They knew Christian McCaffrey was going to get the ball 99% of the time. It became predictable. You couldn't get the ball out to Debo. You couldn't get the ball out to Ayuk. You couldn't get the ball out to Kittle because you lost your quarterback. So if you lose Debo or Ayuk, they got to bring in more players. They have them on the field. Ray McLeod is on there. He's on the field. They're on the field. They're there. They're suited up for a reason. You know, and like I said, I know these guys are saying, coach, I can play. Coach, I can play. Even that little stinger Ayuk had. Hey, I get it. I, I, I love how persevere you are and I love how you want to play. It's cool with me. But at the same time, you got to find a way to keep these guys healthy. That's the reason why you have extra bodies. I'm looking up the roster right now to see how many receivers they actually had on the field today that was suited up. So you had Debo, Brandon, Ayuk, Joan Jennings. You had Ray Ray McLeod. I know they didn't have more than four receivers suited up. If they only had four receivers suited up, they need to fix that. Again, they be they become predictable. On their roster, it looks like they have Brandon Ayuk, Ronnie Bell, Jawan Jennings, Rarian McLeod, and Debo Samuels. Guess they only have five receivers suited up. I mean, when you only have that many receivers on the field, you do become predictable. Then your workhorse, Christian McCaffrey, is going to have to start getting the blunt of the balls. He's going to have to start getting the blunt of the carries. Then he's going to end up getting hurt. I mean, this is just me ranting. This is me being that guy where I think the 49ers and their scheme should be a little bit better. You're going to hear podcast after podcast. You're going to hear all these guys who are talking about what, you know, either the same thing I'm talking about or they're going to go total opposite of what I'm talking about. You know, I believe that the 49ers, they played a good game. It wasn't an excellent game. It wasn't a great game. It was a good game. They could have done better. Their defense should have been a little bit more shut down. They didn't. Their offense 
somewhat, you know, yeah, they scored 30 points, but if it wasn't for the defense with the two interceptions, I mean, the two interceptions only came out to six points, three field goals. You know, and that's another thing that, that drives me crazy about Kyle Shanahan. You have an interception, take advantage of it. Score a field goal. You're listening to the Daily Podcast with Eric B. But no, he doesn't. Or not score a field goal, score a touchdown. Take advantage. Of, you know how nerve-wracking it is when you're sitting there and you're watching them play and you're telling yourself... They need to score a touchdown to make this game a little bit more easier to watch. And maybe then you'll see, you know, the Elijah Mitchells, the Ronnie Bells, the Juwan Jennings, the Ray Ray McLeod catching the ball. Maybe Sam Darnold gets some playing time. You know, but the play callings. The play calling's a little bit, it's very predictable. It's, it's predictable. It's all it is. It's predictable. We know exactly what happens. We know exactly which direction they're going to go. We know who's going to get the ball. Sometimes the route running are a little bit different. Like there was this one route where they're clearing out a path. Everybody was going right. Leaves Debo Samuel up the middle, wide open, one-on-one. And Brock Purdy just overthrew him. He overthrew Juwan Jennings and Debo Samuel. I mean, the score would have been a lot, you know, more if he connected those passes. Again, this is just me ranting. We had 57 yards in penalties. I mean, you're telling yourself 57 is not that much. I mean, come on. 57 yards in penalties, 15 yards here, 10 yards there, 5 yards there. 57 yards, that's a lot. 55 yards with the Rams got, that's a lot also. There's one play where Debo Samuel fumbles the ball. And instead of getting a play out, so that way the Rams can't challenge that, they call timeout because they ran out of time. I'm like, what are you doing calling timeout? What's wrong with you guys? They call timeout. I don't know why the Rams didn't call it or the Rams didn't review it or asked to be reviewed. If it got reviewed, that, that play would have been turned over. Rams would have got the ball. I think at the time it was still 20, it was still 20 to 30. Or maybe it was 27 to 20. But the Rams would have got that ball if they decided we're going to review this. We want to look at it because Debo clearly fumbled the ball. But again, this is all part of the NFL script. This is what the NFL wants us to look at. It's like, no, no, no. We're going to keep this the way it is. We're going to make sure that the script is the way the script is. We're not going to say nothing just yet. I mean, it turned out to be a good game. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to, I mean, it, it was stressful. Four quarters of stressful football is what it was. 
Was it fun to watch? Yeah, of course it was fun to watch. It was stressful though. Couldn't really do nothing. I mean, yeah, we're 2-0 in the NFC West. Right now we're the leaders of the NFC West. But still, it was stressful. January 7th, 2024. We faced the Rams again here in Levi Stadium. That's a big break. We don't meet the next divisional rival till October 1st, which is the Cardinals. Then we play the Giants next week or Thursday, Thursday night football. We play the Cardinals right after that. And the game I'm looking forward to see October 8th, we're playing the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be a Sunday night game. It's going to be fun to watch. Then we got Cleveland, Minnesota, and the Bengals before the bye week. Minnesota is going to be a Monday night game on ESPN. Cowboys is going to be a Sunday night game. Then after the bye week, we got Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, Seattle, Philly. That's going to be a game December 3rd, Philly. Then Seattle again, Arizona again, Baltimore and the Commanders. Then finishing it off with the Rams. All these teams are easily beatable. Easily beatable. I say that with confidence. If they get their scheme right, if they get their defense playing right, if they rest players, we can walk all over these, these teams that I just mentioned. Cowboys, they're good, but they find ways to lose. They find them they find ways to shoot themselves in the foot. Cleveland has Deshaun Watson now. Same thing. They're good. They find ways to lose. I mean, they're not as established as, as an NFL team as they should be. The Vikings, they're good. But Kirk Cousins, when he sees Nick Bosa on that front line, he's probably going to freak out. Joe Burrow, again, it's an AFC team. It's always a good matchup when we play an AFC team, especially... A team like Cincinnati, but today being week two, Joe Burrow was hurt last week. We didn't see a lot of him, but today, you know, he was on the field and he he lost the game. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Trevor Lawrence for Jacksonville. Still trying to figure himself out. So, you know, that's a game that we should win. Tampa Bay with Baker Mayfield. Nick Bosa has something personal about Baker Mayfield, so I'm pretty sure that's going to be a big game for him. I mean, Tampa Bay, without Tom Brady, it's it's a team that needs to figure out their identity again. Our first probably true test is going to be Seattle. We always play Seattle. It's always a difficult game against Seattle. Pete Carroll finds a way to make it difficult for the 49ers, which is good, which is what I love. Then you have the Philadelphia Eagles. It's going to be a super true test for the 49ers. 
they're not the best team that I can think of. They're not, you know, that team that a lot of people say, oh, Seattle's dominating here, dominating there, or Philadelphia, I'm sorry. They're saying, you know, they're 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 a good team. They gave up 28 points to the Minnesota Vikings. So the Minnesota Vikings is not supposed to be the you know good team. They only put up 34 points. So we're gonna have to see how Philadelphia they're 2 0 in the NFC East, just like Dallas. But that's gonna be a true test for the Niners. Then we round it off again with Seattle, Arizona. Those teams should be easily beat. Beatle Baltimore Ravens. We should beat them. But again, you know, Lamar Jackson's one of those guys where he's going to be hard to face. We don't know which Lamar Jackson's going to show up. And then the Commanders, we should beat them. So the 49ers should have should have some good stuff some good games moving forward we should is it going to be easy for the 49ers moving forward it should be but again with the way the niners system the way the certain only certain players are getting the ball the way it's only four receivers that are active five maybe you know this is this is a scary thought in the week too you know i want to see the ball spread out a little bit more i want to see more this is exactly what i said last week i want to see the ball spread out a little bit more i want to see the starters resting when they're supposed to rest and uh, I want to give easy calls for Brock. I mean, Brock Purdy's a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. The Daily Podcast with Eric B. But today he showed he was human. You know, it's like everyone's like, oh, Brock Purdy's incredible. Brock Purdy's the guy. Brock Purdy's the man. But today he showed that he can get pressured. He can panic. He gets a little fragile when he's not sure where the ball's gonna go. He did that today. I mean, he's not as bad as Jimmy G. Jimmy G gets happy feet and doesn't know what he's gonna do with the ball and ends up getting injured. That's something Brock Purdy didn't do. Brock Purdy just kept his composure, had some poise, threw the ball where the ball supposed to be thrown. But then there's some times where he just either overthrew through way behind if it wasn't for Debo and George Kittle on some of these catches even the catch of Jawan 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 Jennings caught even that one was like he had to stop adjust jump catch the ball even that was like come on Brock you could be a little bit better when it comes to that cat throw but instead again he looked the way he's supposed to look he was that guy that was supposed to be you know mystery relevant he did a good job don't get me wrong 206 yards today no interceptions no tds but man i'm looking for 
a 400-yard day. I'm looking for a game where he's just lights out. Perfect pocket passer, throwing the ball where it's supposed to be caught. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, it takes time. Yeah, he's, you know, this is his first full year. So I can't wait for that to happen. Also, we got to make sure that Christian McCaffrey gets some rest. Yeah, they let Debo run the ball a few times. You know, at five rushes for 138 yards. Yeah, they let him run the ball a few times, but they got it. There's a reason why we have those backup running backs. There's a reason. That's Kyle Shanahan not trusting these guys. Is Kyle Shanahan just saying, you know what? I don't want them to touch the ball at all. Is that what he's saying? I mean, he needs to find a way to incorporate the other running running backs. So that way Christian McCaffrey can get some kind of rest and we don't work. Give him, you know, come January or December 31st, we, we don't tell each other like, oh man, we should have rested him for this game. Even come October 29th when we're playing the Bengals, we don't say, oh man, we should have rested him more. Not we, but them. Lo-fi hip-hop beats. Chill hip-hop music. Again, you can get this on Apple Music. I'm pretty sure if you listen on Spotify, Pandora, there's a lot of lo-fi stations out there. But I use Apple Music because it's a lot easier for me to use Apple Music. And I can find stations just like this. Easy for me to share with you guys. All right, guys, that's it for week two. San Francisco 49ers. Beating the Los Angeles Rams 30 to 23. I know I haven't put out a lot of podcasts about certain things in the past couple weeks. This is the only time I actually get to sit down and do a podcast during football season. Somebody asked me the other day, hey, can you do that live podcast like you did where we're, you know, you have the game in the background or I got in trouble. You guys know that I got in trouble. Facebook put me in jail, took me off off a commission for a while, so I can't do that anymore. I could still do lives. We could still discuss the 49ers and what the 49ers should fix um, moving forward. So that's something I probably would do maybe sometime soon. Just say, hey, I'm going live tonight. We're going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers and see what needs to be fixed. And I know, I know when I go live on the Facebook platform, I get a lot of haters, which is cool. It's football. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. It's fun. It is fun, but we'll see. We'll see. I want to thank you guys for always jumping on. Thank you guys for always listening. Thank you guys for always being there being part of the crew when the 49ers win win or lose I want to thank you guys for always jumping on sharing this podcast with everyone else will mean a lot to me so if you have friends that are Niner fans that's not living in San Francisco Niner fans in general that doesn't listen to podcasts 
share this with them. My podcast is available on all podcast platforms. I say that all the time. All podcast platforms from Google Podcasts to Apple Podcasts to Spotify. I'm available on Audible. I'm available on iHeartRadio. And I'm available on Pandora. Believe it or not, I'm available on Pandora. So go ahead and find your podcast station. Find the station you want to listen to. Find the platforms where you listen to podcasts and just say, hey, Eric B, the daily podcast has another show out. I think I'm going to listen to it. Again, I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for always jumping on. Thank you guys for always being part of my podcast week. This is week two of the NFL season. Until next time, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for always jumping on. Thank you guys for always being part of the show. Until next time, the podcast is ended, guys. Go in peace. Thanks for listening to The Daily Podcast with Eric B. And you know we can't end the show without listening to this. Till they lose. I'm going to play this after every podcast. Till they lose. You guys know. You you guys know about this song. Come on. Thanks for listening to The Daily Podcast with Eric B.